What's up, what's up, everyone? It's Danny Green here, back with more Inside the Green Room. My co-host, Harrison Sanford. It's brought to you by Dove Men Plus Care. And on this episode, Harry and I will talk about our first preseason game. We'll talk about with Aaron Gordon about the bubble, uh, his documentary, and mental health awareness, uh, the Giannis extension, and you'll get a chance to learn a little bit about me too. So let's get into it. As Danny said, we're back with more Inside the Green Room. We're going to react to the 76ers' first win, quote-unquote, of the season, preseason victory against the Boston Celtics. Aaron Gordon had a lot to discuss with us about mental health issues and with his podcast that he discusses, uh, his documentary, chances for the Orlando Magic to make it back to the playoffs, trade rumors, and things of that nature. But first and foremost, Danny, I have to say, I thought you were a veteran. I really thought you were a veteran until tonight, Tuesday night, you asked the referees and your coach to challenge a foul call. Ain't this preseason? Uh, I did not ask the challenge. I told them to review. There's a difference. Okay. When you take the, review, an elbow... the review leads to a challenge, does that not? No. When you get elbowed to the face, there's no, it's automatic review. Um, anytime there's a flip, usually they're trying to change it, what he said mantra was or the the stipulation or the rule was anytime there was any elbow or any head contact usually it's automatic flagrant um so i felt like so I got to the pace. Up, you tried to pick up a flagrant in a preseason green or an offensive foul either flagrant or offensive i don't care what it was it wasn't a defensive foul i got elbowed to the face and i said look you want to call a defense foul i don't think that's correct and if it's elbow you have to automatically review it you know what i'm saying so I was trying to get at least an offensive foul or no defensive foul, and they wouldn't review it. So I don't care what game it is, preseason scrimmage, if somebody else me to the face, I'm calling that shit. I'm going to ask them to review it. So pardon me for being the non-vet that you thought I was being. But if I catch elbow, it's fucking, I'm, I'm upset. I think you'd be upset too. All right, fair, fair enough. Uh, what did you like about uh, being out there on the floor tonight outside of, you know, just being in action with the guys? Give me something from an XO standpoint that uh, that you felt encouraged by. I was fresh, man. It was new. And I think that helps from a mental standpoint. You know, me and Dwight, new systems, it gives us that extra boost of energy uh, to come in and not think about long season last year, uh, seeing new faces in the organization. Uh, but that's like the energy. You know, guys are still figuring each other out. As you can see, some passes, some miscommunication. Uh, but defensively, we're active. We're talking. We're there for each other. Um, it was fun. And, um, you know, it wasn't forced. We're still letting guys find their roles or, you know, picking their spots. And I, I said, I like the group that we have. I like the depth that we have. And I like to see some of our young guys get out there and get after it. So, um, you know, we try to pick up as much energy as we could from the sideline and the bench because it's a, very different than being in a bubble when you're in an arena that's empty. So that was new for us and a little weird. But, you know, we had fun with it. So I, from what I noticed from the TV broadcast, it seemed as if, the Sixers had their entertainment department slash team out there doing. We still the, had a little DJ. Yeah, we saw the DJ. We saw the people up up top doing the dancing, the drummers, um, which was dope. So we needed some type of energy, some type of noise from any perspective we could get uh, just to feel something in the building. Because uh, when it's so quiet, it's very dry and it's hard to get into the game. Um, even though it's a preseason game, we still take it seriously. We want to get our routines down of how we work out, how we get our shots up. And then what spots we're going to get in the games defensively, we want to be sharp, you know, because, you know, just expect to jump right in and just turn a switch on. It doesn't work that way. So even though you hate preseason games, we don't like them as much, but they help us and they get us prepared for the regular season when it, when it really matters. Uh, before we get to the Aaron Gordon uh, interview, uh, speaking of routines, from my understanding, uh, you guys had to do rapid testing today for COVID-19. That's correct. And uh, your test came in, came back inconclusive and then eventually came back negative, which is a positive thing. Yes. Um, but in general, you guys are going to have to go through testing, especially obviously on game days. And there could be situations like today where I believe shoot around might've gotten delayed or people getting to shoot around on time would be delayed. Yes. How much is that going to impact the routine? Like I said, I think, and I said this earlier in the interview that I, I think that might change because the rapid testing, um, and I also think it's because the first day, the process took longer than usual. They said it's supposed to take 30, 40 minutes, but the first result didn't come back until like an hour later. Um, and I thought I was, Shake was after me. He was in the car for damn near two hours. He didn't get out till like 
10.50, shoot arounds at 11. We get there at 9. I said, latest should be there at 9, 9.30. Luckily, most of us got there at 9 um, because if we got there at 9.30, we would have been waiting for longer. Um, but so that process hopefully be shorter. Even then, I don't see a lot of guys being okay with, you know, or just happy. It's just inconvenience of waiting there, sitting in the cars for an extra hour. You be there early, which is cool. We get to eat breakfast and everything. But by the time we get back in there, you know, we lose the energy. Uh, you have sleepy still. You're trying to get ready for shoot around prepared. It just makes the day a lot longer than it has to be. Um, I think the process of just doing the testing the day, taking the test from the day before, those should work just fine. But that's just my opinion. Um, but I said, I'm sure if I had to bet on it, I think a lot of other guys throughout the league would agree and have some complaints and not be a fan of the rapid testing. But we're moving forward with that again tomorrow. Even on off days or on, we still have to go and test. And if you want to work out or get treatment, you have to do the rapid testing before you get cleared into the building. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we continue that forward until I think you have enough complaints from the top dogs where things will change. So It's going to be an interesting uh, scenario for the league throughout the entirety of the year. Obviously, the vaccine has now uh, been people have been taking the vaccine, frontline healthcare workers and people who are in dire need. Uh, so we hope that uh, as things progress, the solution becomes easier and the and things will be a lot smoother, the process. Mm -hmm. But obviously, it's uh, we're at least coming to the end of this thing, it would seem. So that is something to be happy about. And obviously, we're all learning how to deal with it uh, day by day. With that being said, I do want to speak or let us go to our Aaron Gordon interview. A lot of things that I think our fan base will uh, enjoy. And, and before we do that, Danny, because mm -hmm. we didn't spend too much time on it, what was your favorite Aaron Gordon dunk? Oh, oh, man. Um, he had so many that were, were so difficult. I think he had the, the under, under the, legs. the two legs. Yes. He had, the, um, he had over the, the mascot. He had he had the double he had the double clutch. Like, so, you know, he did the tomahawk clutch between his legs underneath. Um, he had so many, man. But I think the toughest one was when he jumped over and he had the under his legs, caught it. Um, I think that was the one where people thought where he won it. But he had so many, man. He did the 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 mascot doing the, the twist thing. Uh, I guess the mascot was on the hoverboard. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, the timing of his one. the timing of each one of those dunks, man, it's hard to do. Um, and I think he even has some better ones in game where it's like, Jesus, he just took off or he threw off the backboard to himself. Um, so things like that, man, always surprise me. But he had some really creative things. But it's just tough. He's going against other dunkers that Zach, Zach Levine jumping from free the line, doing crazy stuff, airplane mode, doing some crazy stuff. But he definitely deserves uh, one of those those trophies to take home with him. Depictions of black men in media and culture too often lean to harmful stereotypes. That's why my brothers of the MBPA and I are partnering with GovMen Plus Care to change the way black men are seen and treated with Commit to Care Now. Care stands for Care About Racial Equity. The MBPA's mission is to protect, support, and amplify. This partnership is based on that foundation to protect and support the players and their rights and amplify their voices. This initiative will help create a world where black men are cared for, respected, supported, and protected. Together, we are changing representation in media and culture, supporting public safety and voting rights, and advocating for policies like the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, H.R. 7120. We created a petition everyone can sign to demand the Senate pass H.R. 7120. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Green here, back with more Inside the Green Room. My co-host, Harrison Sanford. This conversation is brought to you by Dove Men Plus Care. And uh, obviously, before we get into everything, welcome Aaron Gordon. Uh, the guy should have multiple dunk contest uh, titles in the household. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, um, we're talking about our AAU teams back in the day and, and who was the best teams up and coming uh, during my era. He said his was the Oakland Warriors, I think, coming up. But back nah, in my era, don't let him do that, Aaron. Play, bro. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you, man, for having me on. But no, it's the Oakland Soldiers, bro. You Oakland Soldiers. I'm telling you, Oakland Soldiers oh. is the best AAU program ever, bro. You know, we had Bronny. Oh, really? Did not yeah. know that. Okay. That's that's when they changed the rule, bro. When, um, you know, how you had to play with like a neighboring state. That was a, mm -hmm. that's a Bronny rule because he flew from Ohio. He was all the way to California. He was. <laughs> Uh, he was bugging insane. out. He was bugging out. Yeah, back, we couldn't do that either back then. We we had to get people from our area. Uh, Oakland mm -hmm. Soldiers sound like it's a hell of a program. But back then, I don't think we had Oakland Soldiers in my era. You know, we had Indy Spice. We had Atlanta Celtics. Yeah, uh, we okay. had Pump and Run. 
Uh, we had a couple teams throughout the nation, but obviously New York, the Long Island Panthers back then, now the New York Panthers, I thought it was the best coming out of New York. We also had the Gauchos, Riverside Church, uh, so many other teams, man. And we had a lot of great talents back then, too. But obviously the AU uh, circuit market has changed quite a bit uh, since yeah. my AU days and yours as well. But, uh, yeah, man, I hear they've been killing, man. Oakland's you sold. had some pros on your team, bro? We did. Um, so the guys that you probably would know well, Joe Kim Noah uh, recently. Probably, okay. He was one year ahead of me. We had Charlie V, Charlie Villanueva. Mm, okay. um, yeah, we had a couple of guys. Oh, he's some boys, man. Yeah. yeah, we had some decent, we had some decent guys, man, on the team. Lamar, older than us, Lamar Odom, Ron Artest, those guys started it, led the charge. Okay, hold up, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so fans right. was known, known throughout New York, man. We were pretty good. Okay, okay, respect, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Danny. I, so I used to cover Aaron when I used to work for Five Star Basketball. It was like one of my first uh, voyages into uh, journalism, basketball journalism. So I would travel to Vegas and all these AU tournaments around the country. And Aaron's AU team was stacked. It was him, Brandon Ashley. Uh, was it Tyree Robinson? Did I get that name right? Man, we had Tyree. We had the twins. Um, yep. We had uh, Jabari Brown, Dominic Artis. We had so Jabari that's Bird. That's what have everybody stack up on team. Like, we couldn't do that. Like, you had to be – were they everybody from the same area or y'all just kind of – <laughs> uh, I mean, this is Ca- California is a big state, man. You're all over Cali. We have some SoCal guys coming up. From man, the furthest we can go is like some Jersey guys. You know, say a Derek character. We had Curtis Kelly, some of those guys. Lance Thomas um, kind of tapped in over on our side some. But Juice was another organization that was battling Juice us. Juice All-Stars. Yeah, Juice, yeah. Sebastian, and Lance, and they was running the show over there. Uh, hey, we had Lance. We had Lance Davidson before he went to Juice. He kind of was back yeah. and forth. But we had, hey, we had New kinda... York, New Jersey basketball, Long Island basketball. That's no joke, bro. I'm a... Yeah, man. It was yeah. Some rivalries back in the day. Sometimes players. Yeah, it was yeah. good, man. When I used to watch Aaron play, I almost I would say to some of my coworkers, "Oh, this kid is going to be in the NBA." It was almost a given the way he uh, carried himself. The way he was a crazy, obviously still a crazy athlete now, uh, but he had so many skills, and obviously it's. Uh, paying benefit now with him playing with the Orlando Magic, which brings me back, which brings us to you know the topics that we wanted to discuss today. Um, you played in the bubble, both of you guys, and Aaron, you've kind of alluded to this in your podcast, Quest for Enlightenment. Um, now that you guys won't be in the bubble this year, mm-hmm. um, I assume that there's a relief that both of you guys are already anticipating not having to be in in that format in that kind of position. Uh, can you go through and Aaron, I'll let you start. Can you? And this is something that's been kind of neglected in the black community. Um, can you talk about the mental struggles it was being in that bubble and, and, and going through that period of time? Aaron, I'll let you start. I mean, the toughest part for me, uh, I'll say, is just being away from friends and, and family. You know, a part of what makes basketball so special is having your family members and your friends there at the court cheering you on and you know rejoicing after the game. Um, so that was probably the hardest part for me. Uh, I don't know, yeah. Danny, what, what do you think? I agree. Um, there were so many different intricate like pieces and parts to that, which made it tough of a struggle uh, mentally and emotionally. Um, but, you know, as competitors, as guys are growing up in different eras and toughness, we were always told to, you know, thug it out, tough it out. And if you talk about it and you're making excuses, you're soft. Um, and if you, if, if you don't talk about it, you know what I'm saying? You kind of, um, you're not engaging or embracing, you know, what's important to keep your mental health right. Um, but mm-hmm. it's not having your family and friends there for that long period of time, being in one circle, one space for that, no matter how good it is. If you created your own heaven, let's say your own man cave, um, say you had a, you know, you have mansion or whatever you wanted to have there. Yeah, right, the grotto. You be there, if you had to be there for, you know, three and a half months, you'd get tired of it regardless. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Two or three weeks of it, you'd be like, all right, I'm tired of this, I need to do something. Especially if you're, you know, I mean, to us, it's not work, but if you're working, if you're doing something every day physically or you're doing something, whether it's, you know, podcasting, golfing, or whatever it may be, if you're doing it every day, it becomes tougher and tougher each day. Um, oh, and we were so, in Orlando, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So so we were 10 minutes. I was 10 minutes from the crib. Yeah, which is crazy. And you couldn't have your family and friends. Like you said, you couldn't see them. Mm. Uh, so being stuck in any place, man, for that long a period of time uh, without the things you're normally used to getting, um, even not just normally used to getting, just normally used to having the freedom of driving your car just to have that 
option to do that, to go somewhere else. Um, you know, mentally blocking you from doing that, it just is a, it, it, it's a weight on your shoulders, a weight on your body, weight on your mind. Um, so and, yeah, uh, I think everybody's glad that we're not yeah. gonna have to do it again. Yeah. And, and I mean, they pit, they pit us against each other too, you know? Mm-hmm. So we get pitted against each other and that's just the name of the game. That's the name of competition, the name of sport. But then you get pitted against uh, a group of people, against a team, and then off the court, you got to go back and you got to see them again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like back at the hotel. So it's kind of just like, man, I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling right now. You know what I mean? I was just, he was just coming at my neck. Like, <laughs> it just, is kind of uh, crazy. Just a second ago. You have to share that. You have to share that, that same space with people that you're yeah. competing at the highest level against. And sometimes it, it might get, it gets chippy, especially without mm. your fiancés, wives, girlfriends, your family right. there. Right. A lot of testosterone, a lot of tension. And then, you know what I'm saying? You're expected to go back and even though we're fraternity and brothers, still be friends. And yeah. It's just a tough, you know, space to be in. Aaron, oh, Aaron, Aaron, what are some tangible examples of the, the impact that being in the bubble might have had for the entire league in terms of, you know, was it, is it sometimes maybe harder to get up to play? Like, does it hurt you maybe? in transition, maybe once one or two possessions a game, just because you're like, man, I just wish I can go outside to the restaurant. Like, can you guys identify some tangible things that, that, that the bubble might've had on some players, on some teams? I think uh, I, I, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll go first and I'll let you go. Um, I think that the NBA did a great job of, you know, putting things together. They did a great job, even though people were complaining about the food. I think they had good meals there. It's just the same meals every day, the same type of, steak, uh, fish, you know, potatoes. They had all the proteins, but we didn't have said that option just mentally. Like, oh, I can't just go to Quiznos or Subway or Chipotle when I want to or Chick-fil-A, you know what I'm saying? Not having those options. Um, it kind of like, you're like, damn, I'm really craving this. I'm really craving that. You can't go get your cravings. Um, so yeah, certain things were good, um, but a lot of it was a, that we're not going to miss. <laughs> Of, of, of said the first week or two, we'd be able to do golfing, fishing. Um, and we had pretty much one or two restaurants per resort. Um, but after doing that for a week or so, uh, you don't really do anything. You focus on the game. You're playing every other day. Uh, yeah. So toughen your body, your mind. Obviously, not, other sports weren't really going on at the time. All you've seen is social media, what you're doing, your mistakes. Everybody's talking about it. Mm. Um, so there's so many different things going on at once that's on your plate at you know and it's brought to your forefront right to your door and you're in a hotel even though it's a hotel it's still like dorm room like atmosphere because your teammates are all on one floor together um but yeah ag go ahead uh, if you want to share uh, the things that you thought uh, were different or you know better or worse and, and aaron yeah. if you could allude to just how it might have had an impact actually on the performance of some players some teams organizations in general well, look, I think it goes, it can, you can be seeing it, it goes both ways. You know, you can see it from two sides of the same coin. And what I mean by that is like, on one hand, um, it's all basketball all day long. You know, you, you eat, breathe and sleep basketball inside the bubble. You know, so for that, you know, if the guys that were locked in, the guys that were focused, you get to the game, you've been, you literally here to do one thing, and that's just to compete in this game. If we weren't doing that, we wouldn't be here. You know. Also, there were no fans, so there's kind of that um, lack of energy. You know, there's a, there's a certain energy that you have to bring yourself, and you have to bring with your teammates. So that was difficult as well. Um, so that's like a plus and a minus. But I mean, it's it's a little bit of an institution. You know, it was kind of a sort of like institutionalized a little bit when it comes to the bubble. For you know, sure. we were w- waking up every single day. You had to check in uh, through an app on your phone. You had to check in. You had to make sure you got the coronavirus test every single day or else you get um, basically solitary quarantine. confinement. Yeah, yeah <laughs> We would call it quarantine, but it's, <laughs> it's solitary. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. drastic. It's drastic. But, you know, it's it's like comparing it's the comparison that I, I can give, you know. I think it was good to said it, it went both ways. So I think some people um, in that atmosphere were more locked in and more focused and shine. They played well in bubble. Some guys played well, so it affected people differently. Yeah. Um, some guys were able to focus more. Some, able, some guys were able to play their game more. I'm going to see how some of those guys would have played on the road in front of fans. 
there's no fans, there's no home court advantage, um, there's no people yeah. heckling you, um, and so you're just kind of playing pickup. Some guys are so used to being in an arena that that's a culture shock for them, or just a, a, a shock to their normal, you know, lives, minds, bodies, etc. Et um, so yeah, some guys excelled, some guys didn't, um, and said so it's because maybe they're just have more comfortable just locking in. Mind you, it was the best I've ever got a chance to take care of my body because all we did was do treatment yeah. every day, basketball every day. Um, so I was probably, I'm going to say the freshest because playing every day is, is not easy, but it was probably most I've been on top of taking care of my body than I've ever been in my career. Uh, but so some guys excelled performance-wise and some guys didn't. I'm interested to see how some of those guys that did perform well would have done in front of a, a stadium or in front of fans, 20,000 on the road, right. you know, that type of thing. So, right. uh, but right. it was some good and good and bad for other people. Everybody reacted to different things differently. And um, you kind of could see it, you know, it, was, it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't hidden. It was pretty obvious. Danny, let me, let me ask you this, Danny. Mm -hmm. If they were to put another bubble together, <laughs> but in the Bahamas or Hawaii, and you could bring the family, oh. would you do it? Okay. Okay. Um, now those locations make it more enticing and definitely having right? family there. I think what hurt me most is that not having my dogs and do they let us oh, have the yeah. whole island to ourselves? If we have the whole island, cool. We'll be able to drive around and do stuff like that. Cool. But if we're, still in, fire. Bubble, if we're still in a bubble, um, I said, no matter what you make it up to be, it's going to be tough. And I yeah. said something to somebody the other day. I was like, man, I'd never be the guy to ever give any money back to the league or to anything. Uh, you know, try to get, not get technicals, et cetera. Uh, but if yeah. they did another bubble, I don't know if I'm going to be able to – I'm going to have to say, yeah, hey, I can keep that. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to keep right. that. You know what I'm saying? Just going real, through bro. that, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I could – I'm going to have to, you know, yeah, I'll see y'all when y'all come out that day. But I'll say I'll thug it out. But, you know, that that after going through it, it makes you really think about it again. Like, shit, do I really want to go through this again mentally, emotionally? Man. Yeah. Ah, yeah, all right, I'll do it, but it's like, man, you really consider, y'all yeah, could keep the check, bro. I'm not going. I'm not doing this. A lot of guys I know would probably be like, nah, you could keep the check. Y'all can keep the percentage. I'm not going. Um, after I said, because before we went in, you know, certain things, not saying they didn't provide those things, but certain things guys I think were looking forward to or thought they were going to get away with that they couldn't get away with. You know, as soon as we got mm -hmm. there, and they quarantined for getting postmates and taking stepping one foot off of, of you know, <laughs> right. So we're like, oh, this uh, is serious. Buddy, uh, buddy in Sacramento, out. right? That happened to Buddy in Sac. Huh? It might have been somebody in, I think it was Toronto. Um, but there was a couple it people that had it ran. I think it was might have been Rashawn Holmes you're referring to. It might have been. I think it might have yeah. been Rashawn Holmes who stepped out to get the food, the delivery order. And that happened right. more than He's like, one, man, yeah. I'm just I'm just getting some food. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. more than once. But uh yeah, man. Uh so yeah, I don't it's, know it's about it's taxing, bro. I, I feel you on that. Bahamas, Hawaii are definitely enticing. But being in a bubble, if we're not able to actually operate as normal humans in the island, yeah, I might have to say, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll catch y'all next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel you, bro. Like because like playing in the NBA is already kind of a bubble in its in its own right. Mm -hmm. When we're not even in a bubble, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. Especially like now friend. without fans. Now that we're doing still COVID uh, protocols and things like that, uh, you know, different types of traveling, different types of operating, can't go in certain restaurants, can't go in certain lounges, clubs. Uh, and instead, even with those things, it's still, we're yeah. stuck in our own, you know, own little, even though for us, it's like Christmas every day, but it's our own little bubble. We don't really right, realize right, going on right. in the real world. Um, but yeah, without me? those things, it makes it even tougher. Yeah. I think, I think the challenges that you guys went through in the bubble and how you, players like you guys have talked about, you know, the struggle that it was being in the bubble and as, you know, players have said around the league how it is, I think it's also helped to elevate uh, a cause that, again, as you know, as we partnered, as you guys have MBPA has partnered with the MBPA and talked about more about mental health and things that are uh, harming or need to be elevated within the black community. I think, again, mental health is something that uh, you guys are helping to uh, raise the awareness of. And I'm curious, uh, Aaron and Danny, have you seen the league itself? And before the season even started, have you seen players, teams, organizations, front office personnel, maybe some of your coaches, maybe take a more concerted effort to uh, make sure that you guys, the league in general, are more headstrong or, or at least taking better protections and appreciation and care uh, to your mental health definitely have you bro. seen and, and, um, and how so have you seen it it's more so just being more aware they're more aware and alert and more open 
to, you know, like, you know, you guys need anything, please let us know. I mean, I said, as natural competitors and as how we grew up as tough guys, as you know, you're not a real man if you complain, we're not going to openly come to people and talk about our problems always. Uh, but they're there. They're letting it be known. They're understanding how important it is for mental and emotional wellness um, plays in a part into your performance. Uh, so they're right. always offering, you know, especially in L.A. before I was left, they always always calling and texting, make sure you're good. Let us know if you need anything inside the bubble. If you ever need to talk, we have a doctor here. This and Same here in Philly. Um, you know, if you guys need anything, let us know. Um, and it never was. It wasn't always like that, you know, from a player standpoint. It was like, all right. You come in, we get, we provide you what we supposed to provide you for your job, and that's mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying you figure everything else on your own. But now, you know, it's you can see more and more now. They're more, uh, I say, wouldn't say worried, but they're more. There's a little concern, but they're making sure that they take care of their players. Also, they want you know players to be happy. Um, I think it's more of a players league now that guys are kind of like demanding more. Uh, so they're gonna make sure to take care of guys the right way. Um, but at the same time, they also want to take care of us because they want to make sure mentally, emotionally that we're well and that we can perform at the highest level. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I think it's, it's more prevalent for sure uh, in today's NBA. I mean, just when I got in like six, seven years ago, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't really it wasn't really talked about too, too much. So it's pretty recent. Um, and I feel like with coaches and GMs and owners, you know, they expect us to provide them a service to provide our job and that's to win games. And I think they saw um, how to win games was just kind of through basketball skill uh, and then like strength and conditioning. And, you know, those, those two things were it, you know what I mean? How you perform on the court and then how you perform in the weight room. Mm -hmm. But now it's coming out, like the mentality of the team is really what separates it's like a championship team from, you know, losing team, you know, and that's become more and more, um, I guess, uh, no, you know, so teams are starting to see that, that there's a third factor in there, you know, your, your basketball skill, your, your strength and conditioning, and then your mentality as well. So I think they're just making sure that we're still headstrong. For sure. They also, they said that's, that's what it's been. And they've taken from each championship team, what has done differently. And it's like, all right, right. these guys spent so much money on their medical staff. We need to make that important. Or these yeah. guys spent so much money on making sure that they're getting this, so every organization is taking from other organizations. Like, this is what we need to win. This is what we need to get the best out of our players. And um, I think that's why, moving forward, every organization has gotten newer facilities, newer this, more staff, mm-hmm. and, and not looking at ways to save a dollar, but to make sure, you know, they spend on whatever they need to spend to make sure that they get to where they're supposed to get to. Oh, and yeah, so, man. Oh, yeah. And so if this, you know, billion-dollar industry is, is spending capital and, and investing in mental health, I would assume – uh, you guys would advise that this is something that the everyday person should do. So, you know, as you guys are listening, I hope you're, you know, taking advice uh, from two professionals in their field about the importance of mental wellness. And with that being said, Aaron, uh, you're going to go through a very interesting year there down in Orlando. Obviously, you spent last year in the bubble in Orlando, obviously, and obviously you're playing for the Magic. I think you guys are facing a, a pivotal season. Uh, obviously you guys have been in the, been in the playoff mix. You guys are going to be talked about as a potential playoff team again. Uh, but I'm sure you know this already. Your name does come up in trade rumors from a mental wellness standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, how do you handle that going into a, a pivotal season where you're probably going to hear your name uh, in trade rumors, especially if you play well. And even if you play poorly and which obviously we don't hope for, your name is going to be in trade rumors just because of how long you've been there and expectations for the franchise to potentially take that next step. How do you approach man. it? Yeah, man, my brother, Danny, you know, he's been looking out for me for a long time, but since maybe before I was even in the NBA, he's been looking out for me, but um, he's still, he's still, this is my bro, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he came on my podcast and he dropped some gems on me that I'm going to take with me for the rest of my time that I'm in the league. You know, he told me, if they're not talking about you, then there's something wrong. Hmm. You know, if you're not in trade talks, then you should be like, okay, let me get my act together. You know, let me get my my game tight. So they start talking about me. So there's some buzz. So there's some some the want. You know what I mean? There's the demand. You know. So Danny, I appreciate you, bro. That of, that put me course, at ease a lot. It, it, that's when I knew I made it. Uh, when they first started putting me in trade talks in San Antonio, they're like, oh, you know, they're talking about you. you made it. People like the other yeah. teams actually want you. You can always yeah. look at it. It's always good and bad. You can look at it. We always look at the positive and the positive right. things that you're sought after. You know, obviously yeah. the current organization is like, 
under pressure to make certain changes to things that fit for them. And other teams like, you know what, that player could fit us. A lot of these teams are like, you know, if we would definitely, we'll gladly take Aaron. What do you, what do you want for him? You say, we'll gladly take Aaron Gordon. Um, that just lets you know how many of the teams really like you and want you and sought after you. Um, so yeah, I always look at it in a positive light. And then you know, I talked to I said Aaron before I've talked to Harrison Barnes before, and he's like, man, after year four or five in this league, you, you, you always, your name always comes up in trade talks. You know, there's nothing new after year three or four. Um, and I said, if you're not, then, you know, you're probably not as sought after or either you're a superstar. They see the franchise, which is very likely that's less than five. Right. You know I'm saying that's a two percent of the league. And then if you're <laughs> yeah. not in that, you know I'm saying then you're a guy that nobody really saw wants to see, you know, sought after you. Nobody saw, you know, trying to get you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what, next, no, next. That's true. That's true. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. And then I, I would. Uh, the other part about it is I'm going to just be fully myself, you know, so I'm going to just be myself as much as I possibly can be and find the right fit where wherever that may be, whether that's here or whether that's somewhere else. I'm just happy being myself and let let it shake out however it's going to shake out. I'm going to just play play my game, you know, and then what what can you do? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's going to fall, man. I'm not so the that's, GM. That's all you can do. You know, and that's the biggest thing as a youngster. You, you know, people a lot of worry, worry about a lot of things, Internet, social media. Um, when you realize as you get older, you know, you can't control 90% of those things. You just yeah. worry about what you can control, and it's in God's hands after that. Listen, I played my game at the I'm supposed to do. Facts. I played well, or I didn't play well. You know, it, everything happens for a reason. That's how I look at it. But if, it, if it happens this way, then, happen, then I'll figure it out. But you know what I'm saying? I can't control and worry about what another person's thinking or wanting to do. You know, that's just going to drive you nuts. So to yeah, play yeah, right. and be you, that's all you can be. Be the best you, and then, you know, just figure it out when the chips fall. Yeah. Aaron, if you could talk a little X and O's with us real quick. Obviously, this year, uh, you guys are not going to be without, without the services of Jonathan Isaac because of the, tr the injury that he's uh, suffered during the bubble. Uh, how do you envision your role maybe changing? And, and what do you expect from yourself, from the team, uh, with a competitive Eastern Conference? We've seen Russell Westbrook now uh, joining with Bradley Beal. Obviously, Brooklyn now is going to be elevated because of the uh, – them having KD and Kyrie, where do you see you your, your fit? We're at the expectation level personally and as a team. It was it's tough losing a guy like Ji. You know his intangibles are so crazy. He's like six eleven with seven something wingspan. He's quick, um, has good hands, uh, smart ball player. So it's tough losing somebody like that. Um, and then defensively, he's a monster. So it helped me a ton on defense because I'm a really good on-ball defender. He's a really good off-ball defender, you know, so we were giving people nightmares. So it's going to be tough uh, without him. But, you know, we got guys that, that step up, you know what I mean? And, and for me, uh, we played a lot of the season without him last year uh, and the year before that. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be playing a lot a lot of four. You know, with him, I was playing a lot of three, uh, and a lot of, a lot of four, so it was interchanging. This time I'm going to be playing a lot of four. Um, more playmaking uh, space. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a next man up mentality. You know, that's how it's got to be. The show got to go on and we got to do our best to win with the pieces that we have. I would assume it's a big, it's supposed, it would be a big year for Mo Bamba, considering the fact that J.I. is gone and, and what you guys would need from him is maybe that third big off the bench or that third bigger forward off the bench. Yeah, I would hope so. I hope so too. I think he's still coming off some little uh, coronavirus conditions. You know, he had caught that when he was in the bubble. So he's still having some problems. Um, I don't know, catching his wind, I think. So when, once he's healthy, I hope he's going to contribute to us. And that's half the battle, man, is keeping your team healthy. I think you guys healthy. Right. I said, you guys are always asleep. Everybody thought, no, Orlando's, no, they're a good team. You know what I'm saying? And we go in that building, you can get your ass kicked at any moment. Um, especially if y'all are healthy. So uh, as I'm interested yeah. to see how, you, how it all plays out. Um, and said, so even with, we talk about all these teams in the East uh, and it's about how strong the West is. The East ain't no, no baby either. Um, ain't none to sleep on. Right. There's a lot of teams. And now with Russ in the West, Brooklyn healthy, um, you guys, Indiana, when they healthy, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be some, some battles, man, even outside of the top teams that everybody knows of Boston, Milwaukee, Toronto. Um, so it's going to be some really? battles, man. Yeah, Indiana straight too. Yeah, he's yeah. no joke, man. He's no joke. Uh, but you recently dropped the documentary. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, tell us about how it came about, the inside, behind the scenes, uh, why you wanted to do it. How did it come out? Did it come out the way you wanted it to come out? And uh, was it everything you, you know, the results, everything you expected it to be? 
Yeah, so we dropped a, a documentary called Mr. 50. Uh, it was directed by Aaron Chapman, who's one of my longtime friends. Uh, he's up and coming. Um, great director, man. It was it was really raw. It wasn't, it didn't look like your typical sports documentary, you know what I mean? It was like much more cut from like real life and yeah, like raw. And it was cool, man. It was just a behind the scenes look at the dunk contest. Um, all the practice that goes into it, the preparation that goes into it. Um, and just like kind of like the insane manic craziness that is all-star weekend you know what i mean all kind of packed into one and it was dope man i really like how it came that came out uh obviously i thought i was gonna get the trophy and that's what that was what was gonna wrap the documentary up Be like yeah yeah i got the trophy too you know what i mean <laughs> but it was cool because it had kind of like an emotional adverse um story ending to it and it kind of left it open-ended you know like okay so now what you know now now what are you gonna do from here and I thought it was beautiful, man. I'm really proud of Aaron Chapman. I'm, I'm just happy that he was able to get it out. Um, you know, it was, it was really cool, man. Congrats, man. That's dope. Especially be able to do something with a homie that you grew up with. You know what I'm saying? Do something mm -hmm. special like that. Um, but I said, I do like the fact that, because if you would have won, it could have been like, all right, that's his story. But I fact, the fact that it's open-ended, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It allows for you to, you know, introduce that next chapter this book's not closed you know what I'm saying I still have a lot more I have a chip on my shoulder so I have a lot more to prove a lot more to do and a lot more things I can you know add to this documentary of my career with a homie Thanks. that grew up with me and that's up and coming and it's you know production uh, so that's yeah. a big shout out Mr. 50 y'all check it out if you haven't gone seen it yet um where can we check it out at a man just it's all over man go to uh, my YouTube my Instagram uh Twitter hit the link make sure you uh Get the views up, man. Go, go, give it a, go, give it a view. It's, it's dope. Read, rate, subscribe, review all those things that we do. Oh, podcast yeah. stuff, you know, all <laughs> yeah, those good yeah, stuff. A lot of YouTube podcasts. <laughs> you got it, Aaron. Aaron, so you, you, you left the mark for any NBA fan. I think your performances in the slam dunk competition are going to be remembered forever. It doesn't matter if you get the trophy or not. I think there's no way anybody forgets uh, the spectacle that you put forward. Uh, I don't, I don't think there's anyone in the Orlando community, especially. Uh, the kids that you were looking after uh, that will forget the impact that you've made for them as we, you know, continue to elevate some of the causes uh, with Dove Men Plus Care. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we've all seen uh, is the way that people, the, the jobs that are being offered in the market now are vastly changing. The skills that you needed 20 years ago are somewhat irrelevant now. Uh, so I know you've taken some efforts to, to start a coding camp there in Orlando. If you could kind of just Tell us more about that and your experiences with helping the youth kind of grow up and evolve with this evolving job market so that generational wealth and wealth could be distributed more evenly amongst all the different communities in our country. Man, uh, that's a loaded question, but super well put, man. Super well put. Um, there's like so many jobs and careers that aren't even created today. They're, they will be created in the next five, 10 years, next 15 years. And this all comes through computer science and technology. You know, the app that we have, that we're using, the phone that we're using, um, the chargers that we're using, you know, uh, the headphones, it's all com it comes from computer science and technology and it's, like the people that are running the world, you know, the Elon Musks, the uh, Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates, that's all comes from like computer science and just know-how of engineering. Um, my mom was a computer scientist. And when she took me like to take your kids to work one day, I went into work and I saw it was all white guys. I was like, what the hell is going on in here? Like this, <laughs> this is not America, you know what yeah. I mean? This, ain't, this is not it. So just to kind of close that gap and bring more of people that look like us, look like me, look like you, look like Danny, um, just black and brown kids and get them a head start in the world. So they're not doing things that are going to just get, end up getting a job one day um, where, you know, you're working for minimum wage. I'm not saying that's the worst thing in the world, you know, families do that all the time, but I'm looking to establish, help these kids establish careers and help them become entrepreneurs and help them um, be able to create generational wealth 
for themselves and their family. Um, and I believe that's through computer science. I, I think that's um, gonna be the first part of, hopefully I can do a school one day, you know, that's like a real grandiose um, ambition, but hopefully I can do that. Uh, and that'll be like the first part of the curriculum, like the coding. I think um, another part of the curriculum would be like mental health. Another part of the curriculum would be like law. Another part of the curriculum would be finance, you know, so just, things that help these kids every single day instead of some of the bullshit that's fed to us in schools uh, that we grew up learning, you know? For sure, man. I think that's dope, man, because like you said, now there's so many jobs that people can call their job that we didn't have when we were growing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That comes from tech. Um, and just to have our people think outside the box, the only thing we thought we could make it with was basketball or some other professional sport or rapping. Oh, yeah, facts. kids and i think the dopest one of the dopest things i recently watched uh stefan marbury's documentary um you know a kid from coney island bro that documentary was so tough yeah it was dope he's like do you know you could be the, the president of the united states you know we never told our you know youth that you know for you to open up camps and these type of things for the youth to think outside the box that they can do something with technology or computer science or anything else outside of sports and rapping um you know, it, it's a generational wealth. That's the beginning of it. Um, and I think it's dope that you're starting, especially at a young age, man, you the young guy in this league, uh, becoming a vet now. But um, doing this now, man, is, is amazing to see, man. And you're putting so much into your community, even a community that you're not even born and raised in, but in a city that you just live in and work, work in. Uh, but I'm sure it'll spread, you know, all over. And then we need more guys like that in our league doing that, um, having our youth and thinking outside the box, man. It's, it's amazing, man. I commend you on it. And, um, you know, keep it going. And I'm excited to see how much it grows. DG, thank you, bro. That's well said, bro. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are professional athletes, so naturally you're in the limelight. But the more that you can continue to elevate and put other brown and brown faces uh, in the limelight for things that they're doing that are not athletics will only help to raise, uh, I think, how America views uh, minorities and how we then minorities can then have a better relationship in the workplace with police and a myriad of issues and all eventually get to a better America, which is what we're all striving for so that we can all uh, be successful in our respective fields. Uh, so Aaron, commend you for that. Uh, Danny, commend you for also making money with one of your childhood friends as well. Yeah, man, I, I try to yeah. do, we all try to bring our, I don't know if you know, but I know Harrison since I was about 15 years old, AG, and that's how far <laughs> that's we dope. Yeah, so a lot of my friends, I think that's what we're all trying to do, man. You know, obviously, Bron kind of set that tone and stage with bringing all his people up with him. And after we're successful, you know, it's our, we take it on as our job to bring everybody else around us to make them successful, too. Um, and that's how we're trying to create our generational wealth. Uh, so, yeah, appreciate you taking the time out, my man. You know, it's been a busy week. We know it's training camp, hectic. Thanks. Um, you know, I'm still looking for a place to live. But, um, you know, taking the time out has been amazing, man. Anything you need, you always know where I'm at. You got my number, man. Um, you ever come to Philly, Jersey? You know, we're all out in California. We'll link up. But uh, you know, no doubt. Good luck. Good luck at training camp, man. I'm sure I'll see you soon, man. Stay healthy. A big year for you. Big year for you guys, man. Much success always. Stay COVID free. And uh, yeah, man. Have a hell of a season, man. Danny, thank you, bro. I really appreciate you, man. For sure. Um, cool. Just bring me on, bro. And I'll see you soon. Definitely. Harrison, Jed, thank you, bro. My G, appreciate you, boss. Inside the Green Room. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Aaron Gordon and stay tuned. We're going to continue to do some more interviews like that throughout the entirety of the rest of 2020. But before we go, as we did with our first show of season three, we're going to do a couple of questions that get you help you get to know Danny and or the team. Uh, so my first question, Danny, mm -hmm. what's the best nickname on the team? And has any of the have any of the guys given you a nickname so far? Uh, not really. It's called me the old guy, um, old head, but OG, you know, vet, um, but no, nah, no nicknames yet. Uh, the best nickname that I can think of on our group, um, I probably gave it to Ferg. Um, I just call him ASAP. Um, outside of that, it was still early, still learning each other, still feeling each other out. 
Um, but you know, Ferg, Terrence Ferguson, as I'm speaking of, um, he goes by Ferg and because we have Ferg Khan. Um, we, he goes by Ferk, so Ferg and Ferk, kind of like Ferk, Ferk, Don't too curse. close. <laughs> it's too close. So instead of calling, you know, Ferg, Ferg, I just call him ASAP and Ferk, you know, because Ferk, huh? Yeah, makes makes sense. I heard Dwight re- reference him as Corky in uh, one of the media availabilities recently. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> moving forward, uh, another my next question as somebody who's an owner of two dogs, so you need space while you're mm-hmm. out there in Philadelphia. Yeah. Have you found a house yet? I have not, man. Actually, it's been very tough. Um, maybe it might be different in the PA, Philadelphia side of Jersey. Uh, a lot of people have reneged on allowing me to rent. They always want you to, they all want you to buy. You know, they're all trying to sell homes, which is cool, I understand, but I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. A lot of us rent and we also have like clauses because some of us might trade, might move, get released, whatever. Um, so I'm not trying to buy a house right now. I'm just trying to rent, but they all say, you know what, we're up for rent, and then they change their mind. We're gonna, we wanna sell now. It's like, come on, man. I just, you just said you were open to renting. So it's been tough. It's been tough to find something in certain neighborhoods, especially in Jersey, a little old, some of them are older neighborhoods, some, none of many of them are new or updated, uh, but many of them just don't wanna rent. So it's been tough. So it's taking a longer process than I expected, than I wanted, uh, but hopefully we'll find some, the right place soon. We are in the midst of holiday season. What is the best gift that you got under the age of 18? Oh, I think I spoke about this one time before. Uh, when I was younger, I always wanted a bike. Bike was always a good one, uh, just because we always rode around the neighborhood. And we always wanted the bikes with the pegs on them and stuff like that. Yep. And um, when I was in middle school, I was a, I was a snare drum, I was a percussionist. Uh, so I always wanted uh, you know, a drum set. So I got a drum set and a bike, I think, in the same Christmas. And also, oh, you ball- oh, you were balling. Yeah, that one. That, that was a good. Christmas that was good. a real good but Christmas. We, I wasn't a big gamer, so we always it was cool. We always got you know Dreamcast or Sega or Nintendo, uh, PlayStation. Those were cool too at times. But for me, when I was younger, I remember I appreciated those things the most. Okay. Um, your first reaction, and only one sentence only, when you heard the news that Giannis signed his extension to stay in Milwaukee for at least another four years, it would seem. Uh, Wow, you know, I mean, good for him. I was happy for him. Uh, wasn't too shocked because he's a guy, he's more of an old school, you know, mentally type of guy where he, you know, stubborn, like I'm gonna win one here, I'm gonna do it here, I'm gonna do it this way. I'm not gonna work out other players, um, which most guys respect about him. Um, but I was, wow, you know, um, I think a lot of people were waiting to see, you know, him wait till the summertime before he signed uh, back or before Milwaukee made some other moves or see where they landed when it comes to winning. So. I was I was a little uh, a little shocked, but not too much. Name me a material item that you don't need that you already have. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, I would say electron electronics. Um, you know, iPhone, iPad, laptop. So you're pretty those, solid there. In terms of what I don't need, yeah, I don't yeah. need those okay. things. That that Don't, leads me to my that okay. go ahead. Let's hear it. That leads me to my next question and final question before we get out of here. If let's say I gave you an allotment of money and I told you to buy an iPhone or an mm-hmm. iPad, and I gave you this allotment of money as a maybe let's say a birthday gift. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I said, hey, I'm giving you some money. Go mm-hmm. get that iPhone. What would you do? Would I get the iPhone if I yeah. needed it? If I needed it, yeah, I would get the iPhone. Um, what if you what if you don't think you need it? Then you get something similar to it, whether it's an iPad or a laptop because now iPhones are just as expensive as as laptops these days, so um or you can get something electronic close to it or something that you really want for your birthday, you know? Okay. You know, we're not revealing. Like, we're not revealing the backstory of this of this questionnaire. You more than you're more than welcome to reveal <laughs> this if you want to. This is why it was supposed to be a surprise until oh the surprise got ruined. The surprise yeah, got it's ruined. for sure. You guys start talking and fucking you know, you know what I'm saying. So that's that's why when you're in the position I'm in, you don't ask what people want. You just get it for them. And then if they want to trade it in, they can trade it in. Um, okay. You know, but when you give them the money to do something, then it's like they're gonna, you know, you have no idea where it's gonna go, or what they're gonna get. It might end up in a strip club, so you never know. 
peeling back the curtain just a tad bit at least mm -hmm. so one co-host on this show gave another co-host on this show an allotment of cash to buy an item which the other which the co-host the recipient doesn't feel that he needs and so now that co-host is having a moral dilemma do you get the item that you were given money for <laughs> or do you use the money for something that you really need and you get whatever you really need, man, um, or really want. You know, as long as it, it turns out that I figured it would be the items that I chose was something I thought would be necessary, um, especially moving forward in the future. Especially what, what the co-host does and what we do, um, it only helps business and helps them more efficiently. So, yeah. Purely hypothetical conversation. All right. Uh, happy belated birthday to Amjad, producer Amjad. Uh, happy belated birthday to you. Happy belated birthday to Jed. Big shout out. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoy your week or weekend, a whole month, birthday month. Um, hope you celebrated the right way, even though it's COVID. Find a city yeah. where it's a little open and, and, you know, get to it. You find a way to celebrate. You find a way to just enjoy life one way or another. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. As we said, we will be back uh, with another episode sometime next week, probably right before the season starts officially. Um, with another interview as well. So we'll see you guys soon. And Danny, please let them know what to do, please. Read, rate, subscribe, review. All that those is not, that's not, there's no that, reading. That's where, to be done. well, they have to read. Sometimes you have to read captions. You have to read <laughs> to how to rate and subscribe and review, right? So it's, it, technically it's subscribe, rate, and review. Oh, with that being said, actually, we're not going to leave just yet. I, I am going to ask our, usually we don't really ask. We kind of just say, just to say it. But I would like our audience to please, uh, subs obviously you're probably already subscribed. Please go and rate and please leave a review. Because uh, Danny, I went back and looked at some of our reviews and there's still some people thinking that you use the podcast for leverage against the Dallas Mavericks. So there's some angry reviews in there. So wow. please do us a favor and just... Leave That's some positive commentary. You have to read. You have to read, rate, subscribe, review. Read first and don't just, you know, put any review. Read and put some positive reviews out there. I didn't use this pod for any leverage about anything. So, yeah. Read, rate, subscribe, review. Positive reviews. That's, that's fair. We'll see you next time.